New digital technologies are driving a step change in enterprise business transformation. At the Digital Twin Podcast, we explore the intersection of technology and business. What should your digital twin look like? Welcome back. Uh, today's episode is about um, digital leadership. There's been a lot of changes over the years in terms of digital leadership in enterprises. If you think about who was leading that um, digital side of the business, it was usually a CIO. And the CIO's responsibility mostly centered around the infrastructure what was hosting uh, all the applications, making sure there's uptime, making sure that the, they're selecting the right type of uh, software and you know, you're know you traveling the right path in terms of the technologies you pick, whether that's hardware or software. But really, a lot of it was around building the right infrastructure for the enterprise. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, there's a, couple of things there around that right the, the roles are evolving but yeah. they're becoming more um, fragmented as well if you look at across different industries and across different uh, disciplines really in general you could almost have digital leadership in different parts of the business I mean from a legal standpoint from a operational standpoint from you name it I mean and, and it's taken a you know uh, a very unique, fragmented approach but all kind of coming together with a, an overall strategy right um, that infrastructure or the enterprises should really have right and a lot of it's centered around the current infrastructure typically and um, and and you know they're trying to build off of what they've already invested in right and can we leverage what we have to build more digital um, transformational technologies on it and um, you'll see this more and more with a lot of the infrastructure players trying to offer more and more um, of that type of technology, whether it's ML, AI. AI um, a lot of the data science teams are also part of this di digital leadership as well, right? A lot of people say that they are the the uh, the lifeblood of the digital uh, culture, right? Yeah. Without them, they, they're really driving the behavior and the culture change here, right? So yeah. the strategy is a big piece. I mean, I think you can focus on infrastructure and then work your way to technologies, or you can focus on areas that need it yeah. now and then and work your way on what that looks like. I mean, the change, that's, the change that I see is that some organizations still continue to maintain that CIO role. And they're given that responsibility, additional responsibility of helping define that strategy for the organization because um, really digital leadership today means, you know, building the right organizational strategy that would help you become more um, competitive in the marketplace, uh, become more digital, digitally native. We've used that word before, right? Yeah. So... To me, that's more of a front-end strategy, forward-looking strategy versus the support role that they've always taken on where they have been responsible for making sure everything works okay, right? And and I also see organizations where they are creating new roles that work side-by-side -side with a CIO, whether that's a VP of digital or a digital chief digital officer or chief data officer. So there seems to be very, like you said, fragmented approach to handling the digital leadership and responsibilities, but 
Um, but but strategy and 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 adding strategy to their role is probably the biggest shift that we have seen. Yeah, I, I mean, you know what I what I sometimes think is this a sig- sigma 2.0? Are we doing a continuous improvement 2.0 here? What are, are we are we really saying anything different? You know, you know when you talk about these continuous improvement programs, they're looking at data and trying to find anomalies and trying to find um, data-driven answers to decisions that need to be made within organizations to your point, be more competitive. Um, if you start looking at the digitization and the digital transformation that these companies are going through, you see some very similar paths being taken here. Yeah. Um, but in a new way with technology kind of enhancing the the data gathering capabilities, the data analyst, the, the data analytics of this, yeah. um, and much more in a real-time basis um, to be able to make decisions much quicker for organizations, become more adaptable. So in a, in a way, I kind of see a, um, a progression or an evolution of that um, married with some new technologies that are really tra- trying to uh, infiltrate the way we do business, uh, So, which is, which is quite interesting. So that's why vision, when we talk about one of the things about having a clear vision of where you want this to go, I mean, most most big organizations had these continuous improvement programs that were instituted and they had the vision and strategy to kind of move that forward. Very similar to this, right? I mean, how are you going to go from where you are today to where you want to go a year from now, two years from now? And is it possible with your current organization, right? So th- this is these are some of the questions internally when we talk about digital leadership and some of the qualities around um, that fragmented team is how do you organize that um, uh, to br- really bring that value. Um, yeah, great and- point on the vision, right? Um, you know, if strategy and vision, where, where are we going to be as an organization in the next five years and 10 years? And where where are the digital technologies heading, right? Because the CIO, CDO might know the impact of technology to the industry and to the business uh, most, more than most people. And so... They have to tell the CEO or the rest of the organization what those technologies are going to have um, impact or change in their day-to-day operations, potentially disrupting their business. And if so, they need to be better prepared and proactively take actions that, you know, that is visionary, right? That's, that's the part that is visionary. How do you make a decision today that you are that you are, as a company, better positioned for a better tomorrow. Yeah, and I think you're hitting those 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 right on the core, right? I mean, I think there's a balance there, right? You know, how far that digital vision looks to what you're really capable of doing today and really marrying what's what you can do more in the short term, but build that foundation, as you say, what technologies are going to take you there to the next five to ten years? And are we building for the future? Are we building for now, right? So... This is kind of the strategy and vision that companies are trying to take. They're trying to make bets on the right things so that they can build off of what they invest in, right? So, yeah. um, you know, that's one of the things that we we look at, and also, you know, how people are doing business today, right? When we talk about the pace of business, you know, a lot of people are are trying to in, invest in digital technologies that can give them value quick. 
give them value over the long term. You know, the patience and the pace that business has to see value is really a key component, right? I mean, you want to see some value pretty quickly, and that's 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 across the board. We see a lot a lot of that uh, in, in this uh, in the digital realm and digital transformation. People want to see some quick wins, and they want to see some value right away. And how do you balance that with not just building something that's for today just to show you that something is is working versus putting the foundation in for tomorrow and that infrastructure, right? So it's a balance. It's a balance, and we see that um, throughout the industries, and um, it's something to keep in mind, right, um, when we look at that. I think the pace has changed partly because of digital, right? And uh, so a digital leader should probably be in a better position to help guide that. I mean, and I think it's also tied to another key uh piece of the puzzle here and that is the customer experience if you look at companies like amazon that have completely redefined the customer experience through digital um, you now have a choice to make right you um you you are able to change how you're perceived in the market through digital marketing through digital tools through digital experience you're able to enclose to real time, be able to tell what a product um, is potentially evoking in terms of emotions. Are they feeling happy, good about it? Are they not feeling good about it? You know, whether it's a shampoo or whether it's um, a car, you know. Uh, I think Tesla, for example, is leading the way from, from a customer experience. My neighbor tells me that, you know, he is excited about the fact that Tesla knows everything about his car and, and, uh, and that it uploads data on a, on a daily, weekly basis back to Tesla and then makes the recommendations specifically tailored to him or his model of the car. So how do you get close to the customer? How do you get, get the customer feedback in close to real time so you can provide your you know, better experience, better products, better services, and better adapt yourself in the market? So to me, I mean, you know, keeping up with that pace is just as important as providing the perfect uh, or close to perfect customer experience that people have come yeah, to expect. I think that's very interesting there because when you talk about that experience, that customer experience, a lot of you know industrial companies don't really have that connection with the customer. Yeah, good point. You know, how do you build that bridge from that customer experience to the feedback that we're getting in a real-time basis to tie that back into your innovation which is another key component and your strategy and, and how the digital leadership really completes that full feedback loop right if you're looking at new products new services what are we doing to enhance that customer experience ultimately to bring more value to the enterprise right so this ties right into that and you know innovation has been one of the things that um, you know corporations and companies always have a a challenging time trying to reinvent the you know the markets and really invigorate new innovation uh, within i mean it's 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 a the data proves it that it's it's not as easy as as as, as we think but you know tying that customer experience close experience with the customer that hasn't really been tied with innovation and product management can really may accelerate different avenues for the business that that has never been you know, thought of or even explored in the past, right? I mean, so when you talk about adding enterprise value, I think that's a 
one of the dots that can be really, you know, closely interlinked and, and really tied into a much more engaging experience um, for the business and the and the customers. So I think um, it's an engine, right? It's that lifeblood, the innovation, right? So so it's a, the innovation part of it is is very intriguing. Like you said, everybody's trying to innovate. You know, organizations are trying to reinvent themselves to innovate, right? Can you pay your way through innovation? Can you actually make innovation happen if you pr- throw a lot of money at it? It's an intriguing question. I don't know the answer to it, but you know, many are doing it today, right? Does that happen somewhat naturally, somewhat organically? Does that, you know, do you acquire or do you really develop that sort of mindset internally? I mean, I, I think, again, this isn't really an argument or a conversation to have right now. Probably a great topic to discuss at some point. But it's, it's intriguing to me that, you know, innovation, you know, as it is, is, is framing a problem differently and then really solving that problem differently. I mean, maybe completely looking at a problem differently to be able to solve it, right? But can you pay your way through it? If you throw enough money at it, can we change attitude? Can we change or do we just simply, um, you know, shuffle through people until we get to it, you know? Uh well, those are those are organizational um, um, decisions uh, that that have to be really assessed carefully, especially if you want to stay competitive in this space. And what better way to do that than tie customer experience right into your your lifeblood of the engine, right? You'll know right away whether that that link is working very well or not. And uh, and I think you'll know whether you need to acquire outside or keep keep going internally, right? Yeah. So. But, but you'll know that, right? And that's the key, right? Having visibility and some barometer of how that is performing is key, right? So I think um, it's one, th- one, one area that, that most organizations say or want to do, but really never tie that or understand how to actually bring that together in a way that really makes an impact on the enterprise. And I think there's a lot of room there. And I think it's exciting. Um, but you know, one of the things that when we talk about the innovation and the pace and, and how we, we tie that into overall customer experience, you know, what we're really talking about here is really changing some of the, the ways of doing business in the past, right? So when you talk about that, you need to start thinking about, you know, the adaptability factor and how you communicate this to your organization, right? There's a big component here that, that, you know, a lot of organizations that try to go down this transformational process um, seem to kind of bypass um, just to kind of throw it in there. But um, yeah. it's a very key component to really grease the wheels to accelerate the adaptability uh, within the organization because at the end of the day, organization really needs to to embrace these technologies and these new data-driven mindsets to really create that engine or that innovation that 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 makes the companies thrive into the future, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's key. I mean, uh, the communication part of it is going to be a real big component in, in that too. I mean, yeah. as you start to see both of that, I mean, adapting and communicating at the same time at a pace that needs to be, you know, at one, you know, with your organization as it starts to move, I think is uh, another area that gets overlooked. So I think. So- yeah, I think adaptability, to your point, is is incredibly important. Uh, you know, change is constant. And if anything, you know, regardless of whether or not you innovate successfully and you reinvent business models, 
if you don't adapt to change and if you don't help your organization adapt to change and get them in a mode of change, you're going to have as an organization difficult time. How you adapt to change um, significantly relies on communication within the organization at many levels of the organization. And it really needs to come from the top, right? And it needs to be inspirational, right? It needs to, it needs to be, why are we changing? What's, what's the reason for the change? You know, as um, Simon Sinek uh, says, you know, the why, right? The power of why. I think articulating that value of why are we changing and why are we changing culturally and why are we changing our mindset? I think it's going to be critical to helping the organization becoming more adaptable. Um, I'm in total agreement with you there. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we talk about communication, adaptability, you, 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 you hit it right on the nail. It starts at the top and, and really taking that, that, a real key component in this is, is ownership, right? I mean, when you look at yeah. the ownership and, and change management through the organization, it is what you what you just mentioned. It is that why that belief, how to actually drive that uh, that change throughout the organization. And 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 the key here is everybody takes cues from the top and takes cues through the organization, and as it permeates through the organization people will start to see it in their everyday lives um, that things are changing and um, that ownership is quite important and to really understand the magnitude of these transformations we can't really address this enough but understanding what technologies and digital tools are out there and how they're used to help organizations transform is, is a very key component in this if you don't know what technology and tools and methodologies and frameworks that are out there to to help the organization, you know, that that component in itself, you, you may miss opportunity and areas where you need to be building for the future. So it's important to stay up to date with technologies, yeah. which is another key component, especially within our, you know, one of the one of the. The values that we're bringing into this 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 podcast is really that digital literacy, right? It's, it's really helping um, C-level and digital uh, transformation leaders out there understand what is available, what's possible, and how can I integrate this and what value it brings to the organization. Yeah. So this is these are these are the other areas that are really critical that that really drive transformation. You mentioned a great point about digital literacy. I think one interesting aspect of that, especially when when you tie that to um, specifically the the market that we target you know within the industrial you know that's that's usually where our audience is going to be from right so within the industrial space the digital adoption of digital tools and digital technologies are going to be key to attracting the next generation of workers you know almost uh, 50 percent of the uh, workforce is already millennials and and uh, we know for a fact that uh the longevity in a job is not as long as it used to be. So in order for the new workforce, even the next generation that's coming in right now and graduating and joining the workforce, they aren't going to stay around if you're continuing to use your, your paper and pencil and, and uh, ink you know, to, to do your job and, and completely ignoring the modern digital tools that are available to your grandmother at home. 
Yeah, which is it's it's a very unique thing, right? I mean, as as these millennials come in, they have very different value um, perspectives um, from our current environment that we're in, right? The, it, when we talk about digital transformation, what are we doing? We're trying to be more competitive. What are we doing? We're having less impact on the environment. Mm -hmm. We're having more sustainability. How can we do more with less? How can we spend less money on energy? How can we help the environment? These are tools and sustainability and programs within your organization that attract talent because it's very critical that millennials work for organizations that have a forward-thinking mindset on how they can impact the environment in a way that uh, is advantageous for you know the challenges that we face with our whether it's climate change whether it's um, the oceans that are uh, filled with waste. Um, a lot of the environmental challenges out there, they want to they want to make sure that they're working for uh, companies that are able to address some of the most uh, environmentally challenges that we have out there. So, mm -hmm. I think it's a it's a way to really uh, um, increase your talent base, but also have them attract other talent yep. as well, right? So it's yeah. a you know, it's it's a way to really feed that that pipeline of, of talent into your organization. So we can't we can't lose sight of that as well. One of the things about um, you know digital literacy and the culture, organization culture is um, how do you bring the agile methodology and agile ways of working to the workplace? Um, and it could be adapted to or adopted to many areas of of uh, your business, right? And if your end customer within the organization that is that is it needs to be adapting to change, let's say you're deploying a digital tool, a soft piece of software, or new technology, whoever is going to be using that on a day-to-day -day basis is going to have to go on, you know, undergo some some significant, you know, workflow changes in order to adopt that, absorb the information, do things differently, and make an impact. It's, you know, it's important that when an organization is delivering that change, delivering that new technology, it's done in an agile, agile way. Deliver it early, deliver it often. Even if it's imperfect, don't wait for the perfect. Don't wait for perfect to defeat, you know, uh, the good, right? Let them take a look at it. Let them make sure, you know, that they understand it. They, they are part of your change. They're they own it. You brought up ownership before. How do you how do you ensure ownership at the at the user level, at the stakeholder level within the organization that's going through change? Right. It's very that's a very good point because you know, in in a culture, well, in the past, you know, a lot of people are afraid to fail within organizations because it's not a normal way of of running. Yeah. An organization. A lot of people will say it's okay to fail, yeah. but in reality, a lot of people are afraid. But with this new agile methodology, it's okay to fail yeah. fast, move yeah. on, keep going, keep testing, keep figuring out what's going to make that move, what's going to make that. Try not to be indecisive. Yeah. Right? Exactly. That's worse. You know, yes, that's worse. Absolutely. So, and that's what you know, helping your 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 organization become more digitally native and data centric will help you make decisions at a much faster pace so that you don't fall into the indecisiveness and paralysis that organizations sometimes fall into. So yeah, I think it's that it's that real movement from 
I got a sense or I got a feel to know I'm confident. I can see this, yeah. right? That is how you make an indecisive leader or organization become more decisive because they have data that's telling them exactly what is happening, right? Giving them that visibility and confidence in making decisions to move organizations into the future, becoming more competitive. That's the key. So yeah. I think I think we got to... We, we, we hit a few of those those points here, and I, I think we want to let our audience know that we, we, we will get into depth on some of these uh, individually to kind of bring in some insights on that and a lot to come on that. So um, We could try to add some of this in the show notes, um, but really we hit on a few different things, right? Strategy, vision, pace, communication, adaptability, innovation, uh, customer experience, ownership. Um, we can put some of these uh, in the show notes. Uh, and of course... Uh, our audience can always uh, check us out at uh, digitaltwinpodcast.com or uh, on YouTube, Facebook, uh, or any of your podcast uh, sites where you get your podcasts. Absolutely. And uh, again, thanks for joining. Uh, Hari Nomar, signing off.